You're listening to ABA One-on-One Podcast. Hi guys, CJ here. We currently have a few positions available for relationship managers. If you would like the opportunity to work in sports marketing, this could be it. The ABA is the largest pro league in the world and partnered with the AAU representing over 700,000 athletes around the world. Building business relationships and helping bring new audiences to every business we're working with is the goal. We're not limited to one state or region. Businesses partnering with sports is always a win-win for the community. Sound interesting? Then drop us an email and get more information at jobs at aba101.club. And we'll get back to you right away. Sassy B Worldwide Productions. With over 25 years of entertainment experience, we have done it all. Celebrity appearances, red carpet events, image consultation and branding design. Our clients range from American football stars to Hollywood celebrities and everyone in between. Want to make a splash in the entertainment industry? Then it's time to get sassy. SassyBeeWorldwide.com Hey guys, it's time for a new episode of ABA One on One. Open up, uh, yeah. Open up now. Open up. Open up, yeah. Open up. Open up. Open up now. I give a damn doubt, give him a bone. Give a damn doubt, a bone. I give a damn doubt, give him a bone. Give a damn doubt, a bone. Hey guys, welcome back to another great ABA one on one show. Today in the house, we have ABA NBA legend. Artist Gilmore, ABA royalty in the house. I got my boy Rick back with me again, and Brian's on vacation. But hey, guys, uh, artists, welcome to the show, and let's talk basketball, man. CJ, thank you very much, and and I appreciate the invitation. Uh, yes. Looking forward to speaking to your fans. Our pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> artists, I I want to just jump in right in here real quick because I like I said I grew up. I remember when you were. Garden the web and I went junior college. I remember all that stuff. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, in awe of you as well, but I wanted to just talk a little bit before we get into your hall of fame career, uh, your NBA and ABA career. I want to talk a little bit about growing up and know you from a little small town called Chip, Florida and uh, what that was like. I know it was doing a tough era in American history, but mm. uh, talk about that. <laughs> Well, uh, Rick, I, I appreciate that introduction, especially you know, speaking in terms uh, about my hometown, Chipley. Uh, what a, uh, and you, 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 you touched the subject a little bit about what it was like in the, uh, in the, in the 50s and 60s growing up in, uh, in that, that particular location. Uh, it was, <laughs> Things that you could only dream, you can you dream of, that would have uh, uh, especially improved my way of life. And I was, my, we was reflecting back on some old photos uh, not too long ago, reminiscing uh, about that time and what it was like, and and uh, how we uh, 
uh, we were able to overcome some of the obstacles. Yeah. Now, how, let me ask you a question, Ars. How far were you? How far is Shipley from from Alabama? It's not far, is it? Yes, actually, the Alabama line is uh, fifteen miles. In fact, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, and, and I graduated from high school in Dothan, Alabama, uh, Carver High School. So it's it was about right. thirty-two miles away uh, from my hometown, Chipley, Chipley, Florida. Wow, that's 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 so uh, that's so interesting. But like I said, I was talking to a guy yesterday. We had a long conversation about that era. Because I was in the, uh, I graduated from high school in 1970, and and I grew up doing that, that tough time for for the world, and and mainly for the United States, especially in the South. So hmm. you know, I, consolation, I kind of know what you went through. Uh, yeah. But you don't have to walk in somebody else's shoes. Yep, yep. It was a very difficult time in, in this country, and. Uh, you know, talk about just some of the, speaking in terms of some of the, the you know, I, I, I remember using the restrooms uh, and that we had no place to go to use the restroom. And uh, they had the, the, the three uh, different men, women, and colored. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. those uh, restrooms was in such horrible shape. I, I don't know how anyone was able to be able to, to use them. Uh, the, they were made that way uh, purposely. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, discourage and, and do everything that uh, was uh, just kind of a, a, a created that environment of being just horrible. Yeah. Well, and tell me this, how good moving on a little bit. Now, when you when you left high school and went to Went to junior college. I know there was a lot of stories about when you left Gardner Webb because Gardner Webb went four year right after that, and a lot of the stories said that that's the reason they went four year to keep you. Um, I, well, I don't know what that's true or not. What do you think? Well, I, I tell you, CJ, probably part of it was uh, very much uh, uh, associated with. Uh, but I was not we. My, when I said we, I'm speaking in terms of. Uh, of one of my uh, colleagues and dear friend, teammate, we both, when we decided to uh, uh, attend Gardner Webb, we were not aware that there would be, they would add uh, uh, additional years and we would actually be a <laughs> part of the first graduating class. So that was, it ended up being kind of a sticky, weird situation yeah. uh, during yeah. our departure from that uh that location. But you know, that old scenario, that old saying about one door closes, another one opens. And <laughs> yeah. you ended up at JU and for uh, Williams, I believe it was, when it Joe Williams that recruited you? Was, was that yeah, that right? Joe Williams and, and uh, Tom Waz, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's incredible. But you guys definitely uh, put JU on the map. That two-year run at JU was about as good anywhere in any school in the country during that, that two-year period. Played for the national championship, and I remember that well. All right, Rick, I'm just letting you know, I'm being real patient until we get out of high school. I'm just waiting on the ABA. I know, you waiting on the you waiting on the, you waiting on the Larry, you waiting on Larry, Larry Bird and I'm, Michael Jordan. 
Uh, yeah, I know, I know what you, no, you're asking. No, 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 I'm just waiting on the ABA. I got some great questions, and this yeah. is great, great history to know, brother. I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> All right, well, tell you what, CJ, I mean, I'm sorry, an artist, tell me about, and I talked to a guy tonight about this, that bidding war that went on between the ABA and the NBA, because I know there's a lot of high-profile players, you know, Pete Maravich, uh, Julius serve and all those guys that came out and they, oh, they yeah. were anybody was bidding on them. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, if Pistol Pete, I think he had, he was already in the NBA. He had signed, uh, uh, are you referencing to the first years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when the ABA, when you guys, when, when, they, were, when they merged, Oh, during the merger. Okay. Yeah. That was 76, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Pete was already, he was with the uh, Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. He, he signed initially in the NBA with the Atlanta Hawks. But yes, there was a bidding war, uh, kind of, because when they, uh, in a sense, forced the uh, Kentucky Colonels to close their doors, and uh, my rights, uh, reflected back to uh, uh, Chicago, originally went back to the Chicago Bulls who had drafted me uh, before, uh, during the ABA. Right, right. So, yeah, so they drafted you, so they uh, they, they retained the rights to you, even... Right, after. absolutely, that's correct. Yeah, so... Oh, that's mad. What point of the ABA did you when you how how long had the ABA been going on when you went to decide to make a decision to go to the Kentucky uh, Colonels? Well, I played five years, and I, I think the, the total existence was about nine years of the league. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I have a, I have a more technical question. Um, who had the best throw in the ABA? <laughs> <laughs> we. There was a, a number of, uh, of, in fact, would you believe we had a, a, during the 30 year reunion of the ABA, the old ABA, we had uh, uh, three guys get together, the Afro guys, and that was uh, <laughs> Darnell Hillman and, and, and Dr. J and myself. <laughs> and so Jay and myself, we ended up presenting it to uh, Darnell because we thought he had the best one. <laughs> so no. Daniel was rewarded uh, with that uh, with the trophy. Oh man, that is that is cool. Okay, I got one more, and I'm gonna let, I'm gonna jump back and let Rick go in. Um, I, I went back and I was looking at some uh, footage of you uh, video. Um, when I was a kid watching you, never thought about it, but looking at it now, uh, I noticed that. Uh, every time you blocked somebody's shot back in the day, even the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you would block with your right hand, but when you did your shot, it was it always looked like it was with your left hand, even your sky hook, you know? So are you left-handed playing with the right or vice versa? Yeah, uh, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. That's, that's exactly, that's a good call. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was something I focused on because it gave me, uh, somewhat of an advantage utilizing my left hand. For the most part, uh, I, you know, the things that that, uh, that I was uh, uh, mostly in, in, involved offensively, it was left-handed, a left-handed hook shot because 
you know, you always have that go-to, the one that you really, when you need the points and you feel very comfortable, mm. that was the shot you were going to take, uh, was a left-handed shot. Wow. Cool, cool. All right, Rick, go ahead, yeah. bro. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, being, being a big ABA fan back in those days, you know, I remember throwing some games when the Squires were playing and the Cougars and the Floridians and concurrent Kentucky Colonels and all the teams. And it was, it was so entertaining, you know, I mean, much more entertaining than the NBA because it was a faster pace and it was more exciting, but uh, that was always exciting to me to watch you guys. Mm, definitely. Yeah. For sure. That's, that's that's amazing. Now, while we're on the subject here, now when you were in the ABA, who do you think, other than I guess Dr. J, but who who were a couple of the other players that you think would kind of stood out in your mind? Ones you probably had the toughest matchups with. Well, uh, David Thompson played a different position, and of course Dan Issel, when we traded him, mm. uh, and he went to Denver. It was he created a challenge for me, and uh, let's see that uh, Caldwell Jones was a, a, a tough mm. challenge. Maurice Lucas was a, a, a little bit different kind of a player, uh, size difference, but uh, those were individuals that end up coming up, uh, you know, Hall of Famers and and. Uh, in Springfield, so uh, uh, certainly uh, the competition were were there. And, you know, let, let, uh, was Huey Brown your coach in Kentucky? In fact, we won the championship with Huey Brown. He came in for a couple yeah, of years yeah. awesome. uh, from Milwaukee. He was with the Milwaukee Bucks, and a couple of years up, they had just won the uh, NBA title. That opportunity become available because I, I remember he'll be early on. He'll be had been around uh, uh, basketball for a long time. You know, he played at Niagara and uh, very successful there at college and then went on to college and uh, uh, at Niagara. And of course, he uh, become head coach when he came with the Colonels. That was that platform that allowed him to really excel. And then when the leagues merged, he went to Atlanta. And uh, two or three times, he was like coach of the year. And yeah, I remember yeah. after his departure from the game, uh, 20 years later, he came back with the Grizzlies. And, uh, and after all of that, and become, uh, you know, uh, coach, head coach of the, uh, of the, of the league of the year. So... Uh, that was an indication that Hubie is a very knowledgeable individual about the game. I, like now, to listen to him as an analyst, mm. if you didn't know Hubie Brown, and you know, I mean, if you didn't know the, the, the game, uh, anything about the game, Hubie would be the one to be able to, to describe and give you a description of what's right. taking place on the floor. Uh, tremendous uh, uh, person uh, and, and he knows how to ex explain it. Yeah, that's what I what I kind of thought too because I would hear him. I like him as an analyst. I think he's I think he's excellent and uh, 
you know, I think that's a mark of a good analyst. It makes you feel like you're right there. And if you don't know anything about basketball, he's kind of teaching you a little bit about pick and rolls and and different different aspects of the game. Yeah, yeah, all those different facets of the game, high post yeah. rub, and you know, and uh, even some that's of the amazing. in depth <laughs> names and numbers that we use during the time of when he was our coach and, and, and with the Colonels. Yeah. Yeah, that Kentucky Colonel team was, was very, very good. I, I remember that team. Wasn't Louis Dampier on that team? Louis Dampier, yeah, and absolutely. Louis is uh, a uh, uh, Naismith Hall of Famer as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that All must right. have been quite a hard get in, get in, you know, go into the Hall of Fame. What was that like? Oh, awesome, I'm sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. Awesome. Uh, you know, I, after all the years, and then uh, suddenly it, it happened, you know. Uh, and so one of the things that unique and special about it is that it allowed uh, uh, my kids and and uh, some of my grandkids and, uh, to be able to uh, uh, experience uh, that time and, and what it was like as we did it as a family. So Awesome. Uh, it was uh, was awesome. Awesome. Oh, I, I cannot... Wow. But, uh, well, w w what was it like? We had um, we had Greg Kite on uh, a few weeks ago, and yeah, he was with the Celtics. I don't know whether he was there when you were there or not, but he was with Bird and McHale and and uh, and and Parrish and those guys, but uh, you, I think you were a little bit before them. But what was it like? Well, Bird was what? Was he? He was young, I guess, when he got to the, when when you played with him, right? No, he was old when he, we played together. <laughs> oh, really? No. no, they were. They had won the. Uh, so I made it there in the late eighties. In fact, they had won. It was back in uh, eighty, uh, in the early eighties, when they won their first championship, and they won a couple. Right. Of but uh, they had, you know, kind of reached a plateau, and 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 the new guys, the new kids on the block, was coming along, and that happened to be Isaiah Thomas and and all the bad boys of Detroit. And mm. uh, in fact, they they eliminated us. I mean, that was a fathers that I had advanced in, in, the, in the playoffs which I've been I said I can't believe it's June and I, I'm still we're still playing basketball but <laughs> yeah. they, they they knocked us out uh the uh the, the, the Pistons knocked us off and then uh they went to uh, uh they end up going to the Lakers and and that Lakers won it back to back and then the next two years, it was the uh, the Pistons back to back, and then from then on, Michael Jordan picked up the the, the, yeah. the and took the gauntlet and ran. <laughs> well, that's exactly what my terminology. <laughs> I, I did want to ask, at San Antonio, did you and Iceman play together at San Antonio? Absolutely, we did. We had a couple years together, about three years together. Yeah, yeah, cool. That had to be awesome. Both of you guys yeah, being was. from the old school and then getting in there and then the Spurs, you know, moving into the NBA, that, that had to be awesome. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that, that that was uh, that was quite an experience. Uh, that uh, Ice and I we have played against each other for a number of years. Uh, I think one year when Ice played with the Virginia Squires before he was traded to uh, San Antonio, and uh, you know he was uh, had uh, departed. Uh, I think it was Eastern Kentucky. He had left school early. And he was able to sign with the Virginia Squires. And then he was able to elevate. They went to San Antonio. They put together a tremendous nuclear, nuclear mm. players. But, you know, before then, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, they were like in Dallas, the Chaparral, Dallas Chaparral. Yeah. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that was uh, a, a really kind of a dark place to go to Dallas. And you be you were lucky if you had a uh, hundred, one hundred fans uh, that would attend the game. Wow! So it was pretty exciting when we ended up going to uh, when they moved to San Antonio and become the Spurs. Wow! Wow! And, and I got one more big man question. This is going. This is kind of. I always ask this, but do you think um, in today's game uh, that? the return of the big man will ever come back. Like, you know, back in your day, the big man ruled the middle, the sky hook, uh, you know, all that blocking. I've seen a couple of good games where you flatten people just grabbing the rebound and, and then bending over and pushing back and they hit the ground, you know, and, and now today I'm watching six foot 10, seven foot one players and all they're doing is shooting threes like Steph Curry. <laughs> Well, the, from what I was told, that was that's the evolutionary uh, phase of the of game of basketball. And uh, you no, know, you look back when Bob Cousy was shooting two-handed set shots, you know, and then mm. uh, all of a sudden George Mikan came in with the hook shot, and wow. uh, things kind of evolved. And and then suddenly, you know, when the uh, NBA become uh, uh, WNBA, what I mean by that, by the World Basketball League, you know, you start having all these international players to come in, and they just kind of uh, uh, brought about that culture from their their location. Most, you know, they yeah. outside shooting. So from there, you know, it's just developing the NBA, and you had very talented guys like Stephon Curry, who is really taking it to another level. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's what I kind of mean. Like, um, you know, if if that's where the game's going to be, why do you need a seven footer or six ten, six eleven guy on your team anymore? Well, you want to make sure that they could uh, uh, they can handle the ball and they have that versatility. You know, mm-hmm. they can uh, shoot from the perimeter, and they are able to uh, take the ball in. There's some of the uh, guys, believe it or not, now they take come in, take a little hook, uh, jump hook shot. Uh, and uh, But uh, the objective is to open up the game and force yeah. these big guys to uh, display some mobility. <laughs> Well, I think I think another, I think, yeah, I think another reason you need the big guy, if no other reason, to cancel that the big guy on the other team. (laughs) (laughs) If you know you got you got a seven footer on the other team, 
<laughs> they can go down on their low post or can go to the high post, gets versatile. You know, you better have someone seven footer that can be countering. Yeah. Or you're in a world of trouble. You're going to go over the six five wing, try to guard trying to get. So, you know, I've always thought that that was the case. But uh, the post up game, I think, is still there. Just different, smaller players are doing it now. But that post up game, you know, I think it opens up for the shooters outside because, you know, once the ball starts going in there, what was it? Moses Malone used to call it the black hole. And it went <laughs> yeah. and didn't. It didn't but uh, yeah, th- th- that's absolutely correct. Uh, uh, the the uh, the name of the game is finding matchups, and exactly. And as you 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 indicated, if you have an isolated situation where you're going to take mm-hmm. a, a, a a matchup, you're going to put, you know, you might have a switch up where. You know, a, a young you have a Stephen Curry guarding uh, uh, LeBron James. You know, so and and that's the the objective now that guys are barely creating matchups uh, uh, situations on the floor. And if you could take advantage of those, then you know you're not really looking at that that deficit with height and, and those advantages as well as disadvantages yeah. uh, from those, uh, those particular, uh, especially location where you talk about having those big guys come in there and play, uh, which has been tough. Hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, artists, we would, when we had Greg kite on and, uh, we, he was talking about, you know, every and I know I got a friend named Clement Johnson. I think you probably know him. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Clement, Clement used to tell me those stories back in the day when everybody had a designated guy to, you know, make sure they clean up stuff when somebody was missing. <laughs> yeah. And hearing those stories. Clement when he played with the Cleveland, the Cavaliers. <laughs> but he, he told me, uh, that when he was with, uh, I believe he was with Indiana, who he was, but he said whoever the coach was told him, said, if you want to play, no, it was with Philadelphia. When Andrew Tony and Maurice Cheeks, he said, if anybody messes with them, your job is to take them out. And Clem said he wanted Man. to play, so he did. But yeah, he was a big, strong guy. In fact, you know, Clement, we end up uh, either from Florida State, Florida AM. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, he was a uh, coach over there for a little while. Exactly. When I was at Bethune, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very so, uh, good friend of the I, show. I remember he put together a golf tournament, and I, I participated on and in the tournament, trying to help him raise some funds, uh, you know, for his program. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. But, but, but hearing those stories, and I know they're true, and I know you was you were in that era, too, about you know you got those guys and forces you know, you didn't come in there with any weak stuff in the lane. <laughs> yeah. If you did, you got thrown out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So true. So true. Hey, Our, hey artist, I, I do want to ask you too. Um, how is uh, how is the um, the the organization in, uh, that uh, original players formed, the Dropping Dimes? Is that is that still kind of progressing and still kind of being able to help a few players? Uh, we saw a big article in USA Today where 
uh, about the pension plan for uh, former ABA players, where it said the the the, the, the headline was uh, the NBA is waiting for us to all die. You know, um, is is dropping dimes still being able to help people, or are you are you participating in that a bit? I think you. I, I know you're one of the members there. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for bringing that, that subject up. Uh, certainly, uh, dropping dimes have been instrumental in providing some assistance to a number of former uh, players and mostly ABA players whom have uh, really, really uh, struggled and had some hard times. I, I know one of them before he passed away was um, my former teammate, Bird Avery, and uh, he had some really, really uh, – uh, experience of tough issues and dropping dimes was able to come in and, and do some things. And, uh, uh so, and, and, and there's been a number of individuals are in, in those situations where, uh, but as far as the, the NBA waiting for everybody to die, you know, I'm, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think they're working on something now and trying to, uh, uh find a, a, a solution. Mm. I, hope too. I really hope you know it's, it sounds like it's a major issue but you know it has gone on for uh, an extended period of time and we think that uh, uh there is uh, some some really exciting things that's developing and, and uh um, hopefully it's going to happen soon yeah yeah um let, let's switch into uh just a little bit about jordan and the bulls how many years were you with the Bulls? You were there for a pretty long time, weren't you? I spent six and a half years with yeah, the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I played half of the year with uh, Michael Jordan and half with uh, Larry Bird, and and that was the uh, end of uh, my NBA career. Uh, before and spending uh, uh, one year in in Italy with uh, with my family. Which uh, totaled to eight eighteen years of uh, uh, professional basketball. Now, was was Jordan as intense as they said he was in practice? Very intense young man, and uh, <laughs> he really elevated uh, everybody's uh, performance. It was like there was a game environment in practice. You know, you was like playing in the in the uh, uh, <laughs> seventh game in finals. Uh, so he was, uh, you know, he 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 understood what what it took to win, and he was willing to, you know, just go uh, all out, sacrifice. He knew what uh, uh, how to. Uh, uh, he was just a super intelligent basketball uh, player, mind in the game, and plus he had just tremendous skills to be able to incorporate all that together. Wow. That's okay. And then Bird as well. I imagine he was along those same lines. Yeah, just natural uh, basketball instincts. And I don't know if you remember ever seeing that one particular play uh, against Detroit. Uh, and they uh, I tell Thomas was kind of casually tossing the ball yeah. in bounds, and uh, Larry stepped out and, and grabbed it very quickly. In fact, the game was practically over. All the uh, uh, the Pistons had to do just inbound the ball, but instead, 
Larry stepped right in front of the pass and was able to get it to Dennis Johnson, and they laid it up very quickly, and uh, they were still in the game. So you're right about Larry. I mean, that was very intense and and understood the game. And I I remember the year that I was with him, we were preparing for the uh, All-Star game. And Larry had mentioned the fact that he said, and and Danny Ainge was one of the uh, uh, the contestants uh, elected to uh, uh, participate in the All Star game from behind the three point arc, and uh, Larry told him, "says Hey, forget about it. <laughs> you know that's mine. That choke is mine." And so he went right there, and and just like the he had, oh, uh, I heard that. Uh, I heard that and wrote it and, and wrote the story. He said it was mine, and it, uh, <laughs> it certainly was his. Yeah. They told that story that he walked in the locker room and said, which one of you guys going to finish second tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do He'd remember that. It. <laughs> During mm-hmm. our practice leading up to that, you know, uh, to the All-Star game. And, and Danny was – he was pretty wow. good at that uh, – during that time – knocking down three-pointers, and we kind of depended on them during the game. But Larry says, you know, that's my trophy. Was that KC Jones' artist? Yes, KC was uh, our coach at that time. What a, I, heard he, I heard he was phenomenal. What a legend. Uh, just a, a, a great personality. What a legend. Then he uh, have twelve championships himself, like twelve championship rings. Uh, he was, a total of them, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Bill Russell was the only one on that team to uh, get. Uh, he he had eleven. In fact, wow. uh, you know, Sam Jones is a real good friend of mine. He lived nearby, and we talk all the time. So he put up five, you know, put up. Uh, five fingers on each hand said 10 rings, you know. <laughs> and he also shared a story that that uh, he entered, he got, arrived in Boston just after the uh, championship and they offered him uh, a ring, but he, he said it, it turned it down because of his pride. He said, I, I didn't earn that. And so uh, Sam is just an extraordinary individual, but uh, that's why what his colleagues and associates they thought of the way that's what they thought of uh, uh, Sam Jones. Hey, hey, Rick, uh, th- artist, I just want to throw this in real quick. Uh, Rick, I just got a text from Brian. He's our other co-host. He's played with the Milwaukee Bucks back in the day. Um, he said, um, just got off the court. He's he's in Melbourne, Australia, and he's uh, he runs a basketball program there for the school. He goes, just got off the court. He goes, give my regards to Rick, and please tell the legend, Artist Gilmore, I apologize for not being <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so I'm, I'm putting that in so it's officially, it's on the show, it's recorded. <laughs> yeah. Brian, 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 last name. Brian Vons. Brian Vons, okay. Yeah, okay. I think, I think uh, Matt Calvin recruited him at one time, didn't he, Rick? Yeah, I think they were connected. Somehow, and early on in their life, or something. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So he's uh, Brian's a good guy. But you know, I I was talking to artists. We was talking about some players 
when at Bethune Cookman, and then we'd, we'd be talking about NBA players and whatnot, and, and I'd hear somebody, one of them say, "Oh, that guy, he 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 can't play," and I said, "Stop, stop right now. Let me stop you right now. In the NBA, there is no such animal as can't play. <laughs> as good as others, but there are no players. Anybody in the NBA can't play." Right. Absolutely, that's true. The worst player in the NBA would be would dominate at any any other level. The worst player. <laughs> there you yeah, go. That, that's true. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's hey, all we, relative. We got about we got about three minutes left here, but uh, I did want to ask you before you get out of here. Um, you know, uh, if you uh, what's what's the probably most com most outstanding thing that's happened to you in your basketball career, other than you know the Hall of Fame thing? Did you? you know, best highlight uh, or team that you ever, you know, that you kind of got to dominate or, you know, uh, one of them moments where you just go to the locker room and scream, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that that was a number of those. But the winning that first championship and after struggling for so many years, that, that happened to be uh, just a really, really uh, uh, big, just an incredible experience. Yeah. Uh, Rick and, and CJ, uh, just a really, 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 really special time. But uh, guys, before you go, I really want to recommend that you go out and check out the, the book, Artist Gilmore. It's a Here Comes the A-Train. Oh, yeah. And it's a story about the basketball, about me as a legend. So, you know, you guys make sure you tell the uh, – you, you share with uh, all the uh, – your individual we and your fans yeah, yeah. and your followers to go out there and check this book out. <laughs> we, we will. We will. Well, I, I'm definitely going to get it. I'm definitely going to get it. You can probably order it. Can I get it on Amazon? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh, book. man. Awesome. Artists. Wait, wait, you can, Artists, you... what, what are you doing now, man? Repeat that again. What are you doing now? What, what, what are you doing well, now? Uh, I, I, wa I was working at the university, Jacksonville University, especially since uh, uh, COVID has really hit real hard. So it look, it appears that I've been kind of idle for a little while. I'm I'm looking for a job down under. Uh, so I'm, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I got you. Coming, I need man. a ticket and a meal, and I'll be on my way to the, the <laughs> land of down under, Australia. <laughs> I got you covered. Oh, don't 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 worry. And this this we've been working on this for a while. We got a plane that we're reserving. We and, just had to charter another plane. Yeah, I know. Luke, yeah. we got to get two planes now. But yeah, we we've had we forty working. episodes. <laughs> all right, no. all right. Okay, artists, artists, we're gonna have to leave it there. But brother, please, thank you so much for coming on. Look, we want to have you on again too. So. Uh, we will reach back out. But uh, with that, let me say thanks, everybody, for checking out. Rick, thank you. Thanks, artists. artists. Absolutely, guys. Big props, guys. Okay, we will do it again. And thank you guys for tuning in to ABA One-on-One. -on -one. Peace. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, artists. Yes, my pleasure. All Appreciate right. you, man. All right, Thank brothers. You. All right. Peace. The American Basketball Association is the largest pro league in the world. Some great opportunities for team ownership are available and the cost may surprise you. If you've ever thought about team ownership in a pro league, give us the opportunity to help make it a reality. Reach out to us for more info. 
WSATs at www.abaliveaction.com. In Australia, go to www.abaleagueaustralia.com. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Remember, you can keep up with every episode by subscribing via our website. Follow us on social media and tell your friends about us. Next week, new guests, more basketball tips, more basketball stories about the game we all love. Till then, be safe and keep your eyes on the ball.